in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. And we're back. We are back. Which episode is this? This is episode seventeen. Oh, milestone! Yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep going to 100. Awesome. I am anyway. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to leave me. <laughs> You're leaving me in, in actual fact. <laughs> sort of. No, I'm no, not. No, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm multiplying. <laughs> There's going to be more of me. <laughs> Sounds like Just a science baby. fiction movie. <laughs> okay. So, um, we've got a review from Jay who says... Uh, it's quite funny actually. Empowering, enlightening, entertaining. What, uh, what more could you want from a podcast? These two brilliant chicks satisfy all our questions we did not know we had about China. Many thanks, Jay. Oh, That's kind of nice, isn't it? It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I just want to say thank you to Joanna who, uh, she sent us a question on Facebook, but she also sent us a... Oh, it's kind of for, for Nora, but it's a book about uh, getting knocked up abroad. <laughs> uh, but that we thought was really thoughtful of us, so I just want to say a bit of a thank you Yeah, that Joanna. looks really interesting. So it's like a Kickstarter campaign yeah. where it's, it's like a bunch of women around the world. And they, I guess they talk about their pregnancies and births, so what it's like... In Ethiopia versus Japan mm-hmm. versus, you know, just... Yeah. I bet it's a, an interesting read. I bet Even it for is. a non-pregnant person. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay, so... Uh, most of you probably know that the iPhone 7 was recently released. Um, so a woman has gone online and ordered an iPhone 7. Uh, unfortunately, what she got... <laughs> was not an iPhone 7. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, so uh, there are plenty of these scams. In fact, we've probably mentioned some of them before um, about people not getting what they ordered online. Um, so basically what she got was an iPhone 3, <laughs> an iPhone 4, and a UGO Fusion card. <laughs> uh, so... Well, they did the math correctly. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it makes complete sense. So, basically, the seller, um, this is like a complete uh, gimmick, according to them. So, uh, UGO, for those of you who don't know, and I had to check this, is a Japanese manga series, and um, they also have like trading cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I guess the logic is that the card that they sent with the Set the three and the four, uh, obviously has some sort of action that the numbers combined together make seven. Oh, no. So that's, that's the logic behind it. Uh, yeah, so as I said, these things have happened before where people have gotten ordered iPhones, but they've received pear phones instead of apples. Oh. And this says pancake or a pancake, but I don't know what a pancake is. Is that, is that some other play on... It's you not... mean besides the breakfast food? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It says, um, Already this year we've seen multiple instances where buyers thought they were purchasing legitimate iPhones, but on upon delivery received a pear phone or a pancake instead. 
So pancake must be some other dodgy knockoff. But pear, pancake. pear makes sense. That's kind of funny. I mean, you wouldn't be laughing if you yeah, received it. Yeah, you order it. an apple and you get a pear. But a pancake? I'm not really <laughs> sure how they've managed to get to that point. So yeah, needless to say, this lady is pretty annoyed. <laughs> I'm surprised that, I mean, if they're legitimate iPhone, well, iPhone 3 is so old. Like, I don't even know what an iPhone 3 is. I'm serious. When I read it, I was like, there was a 3? I mean, logically, there has to have been a 1, 2, and 3 before the 4, but I have no knowledge of Yeah, it seemed like those... 4 is when the mass market started to adopt I think them. so, too. Yeah. That was when I jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, and I've seen, <laughs> I've definitely seen way more 4s than the earlier models. Definitely. The earlier ones look kind of like the old iPod touches, too. Like right. Really bubbly on the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. It's I remember, yeah, you get all of these crazy... Uh, sometimes you wonder if they do this on purpose. Well, of course, this one was done on purpose, but I mean, like, a lot of times you'll have... Like, I remember a story of a man... I remember this one clearly because the picture was so funny for this article, but it was, um, he ordered a size 12 shoe and they (laughs) sent him a 12 foot long shoe. So there's a picture of the man literally sitting inside (laughs) of one massive shoe. So it's like this kind of stuff happens all the time in in China. Have you ever ordered anything online and received something completely different? Yes, not to that extreme, though. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, that's pretty extreme. That's, yeah. yeah the only thing that... Because recently, I always try to find fresh dill weed. Because mm-hmm. um, I like to eat, cook with it, and it's so hard to find here. That's one of those ingredients that's really tricky, mm-hmm. and it's because it's a fresh spice, it's very difficult. I've tried growing it, but it doesn't like the climate here mm-hmm. at all. Um, so whenever I order it... They always send me fennel. Hmm. And in the supermarkets, they always mix it up, too. Like, it'll say dill. Yeah. And sometimes it's dill, and sometimes it's fennel, and sometimes it's half and half. Right. So they don't seem to have a concept that these are two very different things. Mm, yeah. And they smell so differently. Yes, fennel They're is so very, different. a very uh, particular smell. I really like yeah. fennel. But it's from the same... Um, genus or like it's a similar plant so probably the latin name and the translation are like confused very maybe the chinese name is somewhat similar do you know i don't know i think the chinese name is the same for both yeah that's the problem problem. yeah but i the last one i ordered because i knew this was a problem because this has happened to me before and i asked the vendor i said like specifically because they had it in english dill oh and the other ones, and it was just in Chinese. And I said, is this dill or is this fennel? Because mm-hmm. these two plants are very similar. And I said, oh, it's dill. But then it came and it was fennel. I've thrown away so much fennel. I don't know what to do with fennel. But <laughs> anyway, that's the only thing that I've ever ordered that's... Because it's pretty right. streamlined nowadays. Yeah, I wonder if she was able to... Because it doesn't say what uh, platform she used to order the iPhone 7. So I'm wondering if she was able to get her money back. I, I mean, don't know. Usually if they have that... pretty good like that, these online platforms. I mean, if yeah, if it was a legitimate 
market e-commerce marketplace, then I'm sure she can get her money back because they have pretty good return policies. Mm-hmm. But I would never buy an iPhone. I mean, you know how many fakes they have here? It's crazy. I wouldn't buy anything particularly like um, worth a lot of money from. Although the T T Mall is quite good. I would buy stuff that's worth a lot of money. I just wouldn't buy brand products. <laughs> right. I don't. Never, almost never buy brand unless it's like something that's not that expensive. Because then it's like, do you really think it's worth it for them to counterfeit? You know, if it's like a product that it's not, like a lot of people wouldn't necessarily be buying it, so it probably wouldn't really be worth it worth for them that, to. Because yeah. like wine, okay, you'll get tons of fake wine, but when you order, like sometimes you get these, like. Oh, natural peanut butter or something like mm-hmm. that. That's they they handle so few orders of them, so it's very low risk that they'd actually yeah. spend the time to like manufacture their own copycat ones. But for an iPhone, of course. Yeah. Although um, it it sounds like from what I've been reading that the sales of the iPhone Seven in China have been really disappointing. Well, what's even the? I didn't see the keynote or anything. What's the spe- what's so special about the iPhone 7? I, I'm not sure offhand. Hmm. I mean, I thought the bigger deal was the newer operating system, 10. And I, I've got that on my phone. Yeah. Well, it's it's a pain in the bum, to be honest. Oh, really? I haven't, I'm not convinced. I often get quite excited because I, I am a bit of a Apple fan. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I updated and it's, it's really annoying. Especially, it's even worse because, sorry to blarn about, this unrelated thing <laughs> previously like if you wanted to open the screen you would like slide your finger along the bottom oh they don't have that anymore? now it's changed you have to press the home well my home button is broken oh like it's not broken broken the actual button is is has fallen out oh. so now i have to like stick my finger in that like and that that's a common problem with iphones is that the button gets broken yeah. so that's pretty i'm sure i can get it i guess they're just, just forcing you to Upgrade, yeah. Their I, favorite. I wouldn't if I was to buy a, a new phone. I, d- I certainly wouldn't go for the seven. It no. just it, there's nothing. There's nothing special about it. I don't <laughs> think. Sorry, Fox. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> blah blah blah. It's important. <laughs> it's definitely part of the culture here. You, I've yeah. never seen so many iPhones in my life as in Shenzhen. Like you look around the metro, try to count all the ones on the same train as you on the metro, and it's. It's mm-hmm. staggering. It's like they really love their iPhones. Do. do you remember back, uh, I don't even know which version it was, when they brought them out and they were like gold and rose gold and stuff. Yeah. And everyone had those. All of a the sudden, they're such, they, yeah, it's like such a status symbol. That's a very oriental thing. Yeah. Like we joke in Bulgaria and Macedonia and stuff about people who... They'll get, like, the latest iPhone, but then they won't have enough money to actually put credit onto the phone. So then, you know, they're sitting at a coffee shop and the phone is out on the table for everybody to see. But then when they receive a call, they're like, hurry up, I don't have much, you know, I don't have many minutes or something like that. It's a very oriental mentality. Like, we talked about my past neighbor who was living in... A somewhat decent apartment like mine, but then he was driving a Ferrari. Like, he had... Or a Lamborghini. Uh, Right. He had... All of his money was outside. 
He yeah. was always wearing the nicest watch and, like, the nicest clothes, and he was driving a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. But his apartment was this tiny little, like, crappy... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they they tend to be very showy on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it's a similar thing with the phones, because everybody sees you with your phone and you associate Definitely. it with your status. Yeah. And, and they constantly use phones. Yeah. I've never seen a culture of people people that spend so much time on phones. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's like, it's ba- like it's a distraction. It's dangerous as well. It's when dangerous. they're walking down the street with it. Well, they're not particularly attentive in general. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they, <laughs> if you've ever been in China, you know what I mean. If you try to walk down the street and somebody just stops in front of you, you can't or just like crosses line. diagonally in front of you, they're just not very attentive. And so when you add the screen in front where they're like watching their favorite TV show. It's a recipe for disaster. It definitely is. <laughs> right, so uh, shall we listen to our question? Yeah, this is a good one. It is. Here we go. Hi, Holly. Hi, Nora. I have a question for you. From my experience, most people who come to China tend to do so for two, maybe three years tops and then go home. When people stay longer than that, The longer they stay, the less likely they are to actually go home. Like a tree, you start to lay down roots. You start to build a new life. Was there any significant event for you two to make you stay as long as you have? Or are you just winging it? In other words, do you consider yourselves visitors or immigrants? Thank you. Once again, more thought-provoking comments and questions yeah, from our from China Bob. Bob. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, yeah. I was thinking about this a lot this morning, actually, on the way to work. Um, I think that I am uh, kind of in the middle okay. between both. Mm-hmm. Uh, between... Uh, to to directly answer, how am I a visitor? Do I consider myself a visitor or an immigrant? Um, I think I've spoken about about it before. About although obviously we rent apartments here and you have your own things, I never really feel completely comfortable. There's always this idea that it's not really my home. Um, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in someone else's place. I'm using their furniture, and it's there's always this. It's not like I, I'm not sat in my apartment thinking, "Oh, I don't like this. This is awful." Um, there's just I never really feel completely relaxed. I think, hmm. but on the other hand, um, I, I'm, I am comfortable here in China. Mm-hmm. I have this routine. I've got. Everything I could need, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but yeah, so I, I, I feel like I don't fall, fall on either side. Apart from the fact that I suppose you could say that being an immigrant is permanent, and I'm almost certain that I will not be in China permanently. Mm-hmm. Only in the sense of being a permanent hair dye, where. You know, it grows out, or you grow out of it. Wait, what? You know, when you you colour your hair, you use a permanent hair dye. Oh, hair dye. Yeah, so it's going to be 
it's, it's permanent, permanent, but then it grows out, and you chop and it, and you see your root. You know, you get your roots. You see your roots. Oh. Well, that's not. That's how I. That's see an it. interesting analogy. Yeah. Um, I liked how this question was phrased a lot, mm-hmm. and I also thought about it quite a lot. Yeah, because uh, it's an odd. The whole question, "Where are you from?" is such a loaded question. And it changes depending on where you are a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was thinking back through all the phases of my life when I've answered that question, what I've said. And I was born in a really small town in northern Wisconsin, um, less than 2,000 people. And I remember when we moved from that town to the new town, mm-hmm. which is also in Wisconsin, but was about 10,000 people at the time. When people would ask, where are you from, I would say the little town. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was so, you know, like, I was so attached to that town, and that was where I was born. Mm -hmm. And I spent the first seven years of my life there. Mm -hmm. So I would always say, I'm from Ocano Falls, is what the town was. Okay. But people would never know where that was. And so then I would say, oh, I'm I'm from Ocano Falls, which is 45 minutes northwest of Green Bay. And then eventually I shortened that to, oh, I'm from the Green Bay area. Right. And then I shortened to that, oh, I'm from Green Bay. And then eventually, after several years of living in the new town, I would just say I was from the new town or just, Mm -hmm. like, say I was from Wisconsin. But coming to China, I don't even necessarily tell people that I'm from Wisconsin because they don't know where that is either. So this whole idea shifts. But what I find really interesting is that Chinese people, well, Asian people in general seem to, this is what I've noted, seem to adopt the new environment faster. Like, I've had several occasions where I meet a Chinese person, I ask them where they're from, they have a Chinese, let's say that we're speaking in English, and they have an accent when they speak in English that's Mm -hmm. obviously a Chinese accent. They've obviously been born and spent most of their childhood in China, Mm -hmm. and they say, oh, Canada. Where are you from, Canada? Hmm. Like, even if they've only been living there for, say, five years or uh-huh. six years, they tend to, like, ad- oh, I'm from the U.S. Like, no, I don't. That, that, no, yeah. you're not. <laughs> yeah. But but I don't know. I don't know who has a right to say they're from where. But, I, like, as far as China's concerned, even though I've been living in Shenzhen now for, like, basically as long as I've lived anywhere else. But I would never say, if someone asked me that question, where are you from? I would never say, I'm from Shenzhen. No. Yeah, me neither. Ever. No. And now that I'm having this baby here, okay, my baby will be from Shenzhen. Yeah. (laughs) But I doubt that when he or she is growing up, if people ask where are you from, they will say China. Mm -hmm. Because father is Bulgarian, mother is American, They're not going to say, oh, I'm from China. Although it's an interesting talking point. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But that's just not... But in the the U.S., if mother's Chinese and father's Chinese and baby's born in in the U.S., the baby says, I'm American. I'm from the U.S. But do you think that some... I I mean, I absolutely agree with you. Um, But I I wonder if some, like, especially with Chinese families who specifically go to another country to have their child in, say, the US or the UK or Australia, it's kind of, they're doing it for a reason, aren't they? And they're probably, like, constantly 
help making sure that their child knows if someone asks you, you say you're American. <laughs> like, show them your passport, prove who you who you are. You know, yeah, like maybe. that need to um, like affirm their identity as an American or an Australian or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And I guess it's oh, I don't know. It's hard because their identity is on their face. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like, you see it so obvious. Okay, you're from the U.S., but obviously you have roots somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, we all do. I, I mean, <laughs> it also depends on what perspective you're looking at, because if you go back, of course, people will say, well, nobody's really from the U.S. except for the Native mm-hmm. Americans, blah, 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 who are also from Asia, blah, by the way. You know, so we're all visitors to the New World. Um, so it it depends on what perspective you take on this question so it's a really interesting thing if i had to choose one or the other though if i had if you had a two boxes to mm-hmm. tick and one was immigrant and one was visitor yeah i think i would choose visitor yeah long term visitor yeah i mean i've been <laughs> here for seven years i'll be here for more but I think a lot of the reason why I wouldn't be able to put immigrant is that um, China only allows for one year visas. Hmm. Even though we've been here for so long, we have all the proper documents. If I, let's say we, I quit my job... I legally won't be allowed to stay. I'll have to find another job or find mm-hmm. some way around it to be able to legally stay in the country. Yeah. I have no legal rights to stay in the country right. even after all this time. Right. So that's a to me that's a big part of it is that I know in the back of my mind and this is probably one of the reasons why they do it psychologically they know they can kick out all the foreigners Within one year, they can get rid of everybody. They can say, nope, no Mm -hmm. more visas for you guys. And you have to leave the country and you have no rights Mm -hmm. at all. Yes. So that's the other hesitation that I've had when looking at property, like buying property. Let's say you buy a piece of property in China. The government could reject your visa at any time for any reason. I mean, it's very unlikely that they would do it, but they can. So just knowing that oh, you might spend half a million dollars on an apartment here, which, by the way, would be a cheap apartment in Mm -hmm. Shenzhen. (laughs) So expensive here. And then not be able to even go home. Like, it wouldn't really be your home. Like, you have no right to actually go there, even if you purchased it. So it's... You're kind of kept in this state of transience. Yeah. And it's not just about how foreigners are... trapped by the government but also by just like just around about i feel mm. like foreigners are never really ac- i don't want to use the word accepted but we're still we're sort of like kept like at arm's length always we're there's always you can never really go a whole day and we've spoken about this so many times where you get looked at or you you know you you can never just be a normal human yep <laughs> and so that's always it reminds me of that song that Sting sings about being a, uh, like being an alien, like in New York. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like, I think we've mentioned this in other episodes before, but we're used to living here. We've been here for years and years, 
they're not used to us. <laughs> yeah. They're not used to us. So we're, we're always a foreigner and they call us foreigner every yeah. day, foreigner, foreigner, foreigner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just like, even just psychologically, yeah, if yeah, you're called absolutely. a foreigner every day of your, like, you feel like a foreigner. Mm-hmm. So I would not say, Im- I wouldn't, I would never really say immigrant. Right. Because there's no way, even though I speak Chinese, I am, like, I have a good network here, everything, it feels like home to me. When I come back to Shenzhen, it feels like home. I feel just as comfortable here as I do, let's say, in any other place in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels very normal for me here. Yeah. It still can't fully assimilate. So that's, that's tough. But I think it's different, though, for men who marry Chinese, or the other way around, for people who marry Chinese I I agree. I also thought about that this morning. Mm -hmm. Because then you really have an anchor, and especially if you have children, your child is half, like, this is half of their identity. Absolutely. So I think that really changes the equation. So, like, for Bob, because we know he has a son here yeah. with his Chinese wife. Yeah. So I I would assume that he probably, because he's, he's been here for so long, so it was 20-odd years. Yeah, I think so. So he, and he has his child here. I would assume that he would say he's an immigrant if you pose the same question to yeah. him. Yeah, and I also think, yeah, because he has those connections to China that he doesn't really have that desire or need to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assume they probably own property, but it's probably in her name. Probably. But he's anchored, you know, like they have, at least somebody in their family has a legal right to be here. Mm-hmm. So it's quite... It's quite different for us who are, we're we're a couple, but neither the man or the woman are Chinese mm-hmm. citizens. So it's, but it's really interesting topic. I yeah, think. yeah, and it does make. I mean, it really did make me think about what who who am I, you know? And <laughs> I, I I think the big thing for me is that I still. And I've, I don't really think I'm a homebird, but I do still think of Hartlepool and the house that I grew up in because I never lived in another house like mm-hmm. for such a long period of time, as that the you know my mom the, the house my mom and dad still live in and that's still home. Mm-hmm. If I talk to someone, I'll say, "Oh yeah, back home." Why is it back home? Like, you know, I've lived away for so long. But it's to, it's it is. Mm-hmm. I, I just have. I think it's all where all the memories are as well, you know, of you know, of growing up. I suppose. Yeah, the word home is also loaded too, because it's the same. Because now, when people say home, when I say home, I used to always refer to where my parents. Yeah, the same thing where my parents were living back mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. But now, if I'm outside of China and I say home, it means sh- it oh, means home here. I, I agree with you. I, I'm the same. I do the same thing too. And people kind of like look at you strangely but I'm like you know seven years is a long time yes so it's it is home it is home here but but yeah I don't 
there's like there's nothing permanent about my existence here. No. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. And as soon as I leave, somebody will move into our apartment, paint over the walls. <laughs> I will. It will be as if I never existed. Yeah. So it's because I think that's also just the nature of living in a big city too. It's just people are coming and going and. Uh, yeah, that like being in a city. I think if you don't own property, it, it there's this level of permanence that you just don't attain in the same way. And I've never lived in a city as big as Shenzhen before. No, me neither. <laughs> Fifteen to eighteen million people, depending on who you're asking. So mm. it's like people coming and going constantly from all over the world. So it's. It's different from when from the very small town that I remember of my childhood, where if somebody moved, it was like this big event, and、right. the whole like the whole neighborhood shifted, like the personality, like you know, you have this I don't know, you just have this community, and when somebody leaves that community、mm-hmm. or comes to that community, it's such a big shift. Yeah, but here it's you don't have that.、Mm-mm. Well, you never really get to know your neighbors, to be honest, do you? They always come you and go so quickly too. That's all. We were living in our old apartment for four years, which is a long time. Yes. But when we, in the beginning, we tried to connect with our neighbors, but、mm. they, I think, all of them left within the four years. That、oh. yeah, well, all of them. They、mm. all like at one point moved out. So. It's like, do you start over again, or do you just mind your own business and keep to your own social network? <laughs>、mm. Yeah, I knew my neighbors in the first apartment I lived in. The second,、uh, we would say hello, like to each other.、Mm-hmm. And now we we haven't been real, we haven't been there long enough. But if I see the lady who lives next door, we like. We we acknowledge each other, but there's no like, we're not gonna be best buds or anything. Yeah, for sure. Well, and even down to the let's say the security guards. So when you come in and out of your community, like I know the security guards, I always like nod, you know. But those people change so quickly as well. Even、yeah. in like in our old place, we were there for four years, and then. You know, you, you for a couple years you get familiar with a few of them, and you feel like you really know them. You know, you have little conversations、yeah. with them, and then all of a sudden they change. Like they have these contracts, and then they're all gone.、Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't have the same doorman. So then you come to your house, and they won't open the door for you because they don't, they don't know, know you. Who you are, yeah. <laughs> so you, I mean, you are the most permanent part of the neighborhood, but、yeah. around you is constantly changing. Yeah, and I appreciate the I appreciate stability in a way. I you know when when those things change, it's sort of like it's very something very sti- inhuman、yeah. about the whole experience. Because、mm. I imagine even in like a city like New York, you have some places where the doorman's like been there, he's been there, yeah, forever,、years. and he knows your name and all this stuff. But in China, no, 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 yeah. No. Doesn't happen that way. You can say that. You could say the same about not just people, but actual like buildings or shops and things like、mm-hmm. that. And those things play for me personally do play a part in like 
feeling comfortable with your surroundings and feeling some sense of like security and and happiness really mm -hmm. to go somewhere and know that that place has been there you know for so many years like I don't know, I appreciate that, like, history yeah. here in, in, in this city in particular. Well, look at the our the little coffee shop, the yeah. Walnuts, the has walnuts. now been turned into a barbecue. Karaoke, Kara hot pot. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. It's just some crazy amalgamation of everything the owner thinks will bring him in customers. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. I haven't even seen anyone in there Me since either. he... Yeah, so we have been change. going to that coffee shop for at least two years, if yeah. not three years, consistently. Like, I've been, I would go there at least once a week. My husband would be there every other day. Yeah. He loved that coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And it, he felt very yeah. at home at that coffee shop. And then we go on vacation and we come back and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And it throws you off and you're like, whoa, like, like, what do I do now? Yeah. It's, I think those, maybe people think that w that sounds strange. Like, how can you, how can a, a coffee shop disappears and how can you be so bothered about it? But those things, like, have, I don't know, a part of our, um, like for, like with our friends and stuff, that's, you would, we would go there all the time with like friends and it was not just for coffee, places. but for parties and stuff. We've yeah. had so many events there. It was one of the few places where you would go there and you would run into somebody that you knew because we would all like, yeah. It was kind of like a hub, so it just kind of rip rips out. Yeah, hope that's the yeah that's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of like pulls out the heart of I don't know. It's also because it takes so long to find those places mm -hmm. because because things change so rapidly here, and because the like the way that we hang out is so different from the way that like. A lot of the foreign friends that I know, they'll go to a coffee shop by themselves mm -hmm. from time to time to, like, yeah, just, yeah, just go for relax. coffee and, like, sit and get some work done or read a book or just to get out of the house. Yeah. But Chinese people don't do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, generally oh, right. speaking, they don't They do not do that. They no. go out as a social event. So there wouldn't... I think they're less attached to the places than they are to, to the, the people. Yeah. I, I sense that, really. I, I think, I suspect, although I don't know this for certain, that probably most Chinese people do, don't get attached to those places at all, purely because things change so frequently. Mm. Yeah, I guess they're just used to... Well, because in the last 30 years, and we look around and we see these adults walking around who are 30 years old, in the last 30 years, I mean, this city went from being a fishing village to being mm -hmm. upwards of... Let's say, I guess the estimate's something like 16 or 17 million people. Yeah. That, I mean, the fishing village had 30,000 yeah. people. There's some awesome pictures online, by the way, you can see of Shenzhen, like, back then in the day. Now. It's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. Really fantastic. So I guess people don't really, especially in this city, expect things to stay the same. Mm. Although, uh, I spoke to Chamson when I first came back and I think we started, we were talking and I, I mentioned about the coffee shop and she said, oh, this a similar thing happened to me. Like, I used to go to this really great, like, noodle place. And she said, and I took my friend the other day and it's gone. She was mm -hmm. like, and now I'm going to have to find a place that does, they were selling, like, a particular dish she really likes. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I was, like, so disappointed. Yeah, so. you get attached to the, you've, it takes so long to find because there's so yeah, much it. stuff out there. 
takes you so long to find what you like, and then a few months later, it's just poof. I know, and and so quickly. There's those. There's um by the metro station near me. There's like a you know well that that arch wave, and it's just restaurants. There's probably. I don't know, 16 restaurants, maybe even more, mm-hmm. in this, like, walkway. And, like, er- er- every month there's a restaurant closes and a week later a new one opens. So the donkey oh, meat restaurant it, seems it's to going stick around. Strong. <laughs> People love that place. <laughs> donkey sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Kebabs. I hear they're good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, I had so too. I don't know, I don't eat equestrian animals. Well, that changed for me. Yeah. Yeah, last weekend. <laughs> uh, donkey. Donkey noodle soup for breakfast. Oh. Specialty of Kaifan. I'm sure it tastes. It was, fine. it was nice, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Sure I only fine. tried the meat. I didn't, like, eat, a, like, a donkey leg or anything. <laughs> it's quite yeah. disgusting. Um, so, uh, Bob also kind of asks, was there a sort of a special, or momentous, like, moment that kept us, has kept us here? Uh, Or did something happen that made us stay? Yeah, because I think he's saying, he's kind of mentioning this, like, China vortex, because you see these people who just kind of get sucked in. Tends to happen to English people. It's very easy to happen to. Somehow, like, way more than other... Do you think so? Yeah, I don't know, I've, I've met a lot of, like... English men. Yeah, English men, because it's like, okay, let's say they come, let's say they have modest um, beginnings, but and they're not necessarily well-educated, and then they come to China, and they have respect, and they have a good job, and they have women everywhere, and they have alcohol, and it's like, it's like spring break. It's not a bad deal. Maybe, yeah, and they don't really have a whole lot necessarily to go back to. Because if they go back, I mean, what are they going to do when they go back? They right. need to go back to school or they're going to work some menial job. Yeah. So they just kind of get sucked in to China. Yeah. And just never come back back out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I completely agree with you. I know plenty of, or I've come across plenty of, like, British guys that have come here and just seem to be floating. Like, mm-hmm. they just have no sort of direction. I mean, not that I can say I particularly have a direction, so to speak, but, uh, yeah, they're just like, you can see they've been here for a long time and still don't speak any Chinese and, <laughs> yeah, still going to the same watering holes, you know, that we kind of grow out of a little bit. I think also being in Shenzhen is that, like, the weather has something to do with I, this, too. I think so, too. Because it's, like, perma perma summer. Yes. So it's like always beach weather, pretty much. Like oh, so you have that feeling like it's vacation all the time, and you don't feel the passage of time as the seasons go. Because to me, it's always it's so contemplative. Like when the leaves change, or the snowfall, like it really makes you. It's like oh, another winter is Mm -hmm. here, and then you reflect back on what happened in the last year. Like there's a lot of more reflection, I think, that happens when the seasons change. But with here, it's always the same. It's like the sun sets yeah. and rises at the same time because we're close enough to the equator. So yeah. it's like within, let's say, an hour or something mm-hmm. like that. The sun sets and Which always sets and rises at the same time. The temperature is pretty much always between the same range of degrees. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, you have, I guess you have a wet season, but it's not that. It's I don't know. 
it's weird. It's you just like on this treadmill. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You just don't realize. Oh, seven years just flew by. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, and also with like holidays as well. But that, I mean, that I think that relates to the not just the weather, but obviously where we are. Of course, at home, you would celebrate all these, you know, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, mm. and they're, they're like milestones, aren't they? You mm-hmm. you count those things like, oh wow, another Christmas, like again. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, sort of, we do sort of celebrate it, but it just sort of like just floats past you, and you're like. You don't even really acknowledge it almost because yeah, and it's well, not even, the same, is even it? Even though we're, like, our core group of friends are all foreigners, so we have similar holidays. We don't celebrate them in the same way. Mm-mm. So it's also not like, oh, we have a we have a group of people who we celebrate with. Yeah. In this, like, who, yeah, it's, it's quite... It's quite different, and I've never really gotten into... I mean, I've participated in the Chinese holidays. Yeah, me too. But it's not mine. Like, it doesn't feel like <laughs> mine, so I don't really, like, oh, it's Mooncake Festival, yeah. and start giving a, giving mooncakes to everybody. It's, mm. you know, or Spring Festival. I've had some really enjoyable Spring Festival experiences, but it's not my holiday, so I don't really sell Like, I don't celebrate in my home yeah. like oh it's time to <laughs> put up the new because you know they've always put up the new red papers yeah. and you know they will like go to the church to the temple and light candles mm-hmm. and stuff like i wouldn't do that if i was with some chinese people who were doing that i would participate but i don't i wouldn't do that on my own yeah so you're right the holidays also have a lot to do with it too yeah yeah even though they try to get into christmas here but they do it all wrong <laughs> I've seen some weird Christmas trees. It's so weird. And, I mean, you're walking around and there's palm trees everywhere. Yeah. And, okay, if you're from the southern states, then you're used to that. But if you're from the north, it's so weird I- to see, like, Santa Claus and a palm tree in the same place. It's something I'll never be able to get used to. Mm-hmm. I just find it so peculiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, <laughs> we're visitors. <laughs> yeah. We're long-term squatters. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. we have no rights, and we have... Uh, yeah, that's something. And that... everybody else thinks that, oh, when did you... Get, you know, like, welcome to China. Do people say that to you still? Yeah, like, people still. say, oh, welcome yeah, yeah. to China. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> Hi, welcome to China. Hello, welcome to China. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. Thanks. I guess this will happen for the rest of my life if I stay here. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but great question, Bob. Yeah, thank you for that. And it, it's it's nice to be able to have this t- these questions to actually think about our own personal lives in a way. Mm-hmm. I know that's not the point exactly, but I'm curious to know if any of you out there who are living in China or who are Chinese and now living abroad, mm-hmm. at what point did you start calling? your new home home yeah and do you feel like do you f- I'm, I'm curious to know if you feel like a visitor or feel like an immigrant so send us some put some comments at writtenchinese.com slash episode 70 yes or you can put post them below the um the blog or the the podcast on our facebook page because mm-hmm. that would be really interesting to hear and then we'll Definitely. read them out in Episode 71. Absolutely. And especially if any of you are like 
Nora and I with um, husbands who are not Chinese. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just two foreigners, or, or a foreigner on your own and have been here uh, here for a long time, or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Or even if you are, I mean, even if you are married to a Chinese person, yeah. I'd be yeah, curious I mean, to yeah. know. Yeah. So send us your comments. <laughs> we want to know. And don't forget also to send us your questions. Yes, please. We still need more questions, even though we've gotten some great, we have some great ones lined up. Oh, we do. Which is, uh, and, and loads. And uh, it's so exciting, but yeah, we still want we more. We still want more. And sometimes <laughs> we expedite the, the juicy ones. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't think you have to wait a really long time. Yeah, there's no favoritism. There's no there's favoritism in terms of the questions. I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's do this one. This one's really interesting. Yeah. But you're definitely more likely to get your question on earlier if you send us the us a voicemail. So that's writtenchinese.com/slash/voicemail because we love hearing your voice. <laughs> we do. We do. We want to know it's a real person over there. So thanks to all of you for your comments, your reviews, your questions. Keep them coming. Today's Chinese word is 客人, which is a visitor. Hmm, I like it. So so if you haven't already, go, which, by the way, the new version of the Written Chinese Dictionary app is out, and it's so pretty, and it's soon it's going to have even more study tools in there to help you up your Chinese game. So download it for free by going to writtenchinese.com slash wccdictionary, or you can just find it from the homepage at writtenchinese.com. Mm. No strings attached, and we even have some free flashcards available for you uh, from, for courtesy of the two white chicks. Definitely. You can find the coupon code for that on any of the show note pages. So writtenchinese.com slash episode whatever. You can scroll to the bottom and get your coupon. Nice pitch, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at this. You like, are, finally was... episode 70. Excellent. I'm like... <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go and find a new phone and download it again. <laughs> what, have, what have you got to lose? That's That's all I have to say. Check it out. Absolutely. Well, we hope you tune in next week for episode 71. Bye. Bye.